Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of the New for Life podcast. I'm your host Polina and our today's guest and the first guest who's been pushing me a lot to start this podcast already for a very long time, Aida. Hi everyone. I'm very happy to be here, especially I'm self-sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> It's all volunteering. It's all volunteering based. Hopefully one day I'm going to start getting any deals from that. But good luck, Paulina. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here, as you said. Hopefully it's going to grow to the bigger audience. And our voices will still be heard. And we can make it with our jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Aida, how long do we know each other for? <laughs> oh man, it's kind of if I answer this question, it means that I'm going to disclose my age. <laughs> no age, no age shaming. Yeah, yeah when, no ageism, yeah. But obviously, yeah, we know each other since 2012, so that'll be 11 years. In about October, November? Oh, September, yes. Yeah, well, it's a long time. Yes. Yeah, we're like sisters from other ministers. Yes. So we know a lot about each other's uh, personal stories and, of course, sexual stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we witnessed a lot of them uh, also because <laughs> we shared a flat like two times. Yeah, yeah. we lived together for one year and then uh, um, for another half a year. So a lot of uh, this was also kind of... Unvolunteering. <laughs> Yes, I did not volunteer to participate in this, but I kind of happened to be there. Oh, well. but thanks to you, you have the you actually expanded my sexuality, expanded my views oh. in the world. So I'm very grateful for what you did. Hopefully, I'm gonna contribute something because I still stuck with my own views. And this podcast, I believe, would be specifically about this kind of view that maybe sometimes we share, sometimes we don't. Yeah, so yes. it's all about having different views. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Do not support alcoholism, mm -hmm. but sometimes we do. Drinks are forever. Okay, Aida. Yeah. Um, my first question to you would be, what is your first memory of sex or, let's say, getting to know the concept of sex or sexuality in general? Mm. <laughs> Well, I believe that I've learned about it quite early on in my age, even though I did not realize what it is. I think the first interaction with sex was, I believe, as many of you have the same, or pretty much the same. It's either your parents fucking, <laughs> or you just... Making love. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> or making your siblings. Yeah, making love. <laughs> no, I have, I'm the youngest one, so probably, definitely not. That was not the case. When my first interaction with sex is... The videotape, back when VCR was the thing, if someone remembers out of you what a VCR is. Yeah, we have an idea, so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, but also G&Z, it's something that is the biggest cassette. cassette that you put in a big-ass box to watch one certain movie. It's not like an internet right now. But anyways, I was I was a curious kid. I was just like going around my farmer's place, like looking for some secret storages, which then I found in my, in my parents' wardrobe. I found oh, a cassette. Classic. Uh, I was thinking, oh, the cassette, there's just no name in it, just the cassette, this is like, oh, let me put it on because my parents are at work and I have nothing to do, so I'm just going to turn it on, which I did, I did turn it on, and in the beginning I was like, oh, some cartoon was like, um, Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker, some, some of that sort. I started watching as a 
you know, four year kid, and then at some point, like I said, she was going. So you were four. You were four. I think I was about four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very young. Yeah, but still, again, like kids right now, like we <laughs> learn how to use something that we want to know, like a VCR, how to put on a cartoon. That's what I learned very fast. So, yeah, put it on, and at some point, just like going. Zzz, changing the the whole scenery and it started like some young pool boy just cleaning the pool and finding this um the aladdin uh, uh, uh cattle what was like oh, the sorry <laughs> just to get a quick warning I, i'm bilingual here so my english is gonna be horrible so i speak both languages horribly so let's say it's a cattle from aladdin the, the one that the gene is inside of so um i well i started watching this cartoon and apparently the whole thing ended up being some old school German form where the guy is just like rubbing this kettle. So wait, it was like a genie. It was like the genie, genie lamp. Genie lamp. Here yes. you go. Thank you very much. A little yeah. lamp. <laughs> <laughs> and genie okay. lamp. And it was first like, okay, can I have just a girl? I like, can get a girl. And they having a whole bunch of sex. So they push there because in the 80s or 90s, the pushes were still popular. So I got this one and he gets two girls and he gets like whole orgy. So I think, yeah, that was my interaction. I, I did not stop this week. Did you, uh, I continued watching it. Did you, uh, have you watched the Alazin cartoon before? Yeah, that? yeah, I did. So you were like, oh, what a yeah, remake. Yeah, what a remake. It's <laughs> a nice fun. Yeah, it's a nice view. Okay, yeah. Well, I loved it. I'm a, I'm a Disney. I've, I was born on Disney movies and like any of us. So, yeah. And do you remember if you even understood that it was something that for example, you were not used to see or seeing men interacting with women uh, in such a way that, you know, were not clearly on display, let's say, around you. Do you remember what you you felt or what you I thought? I felt excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but I did not realize where it's coming from. So I did not know, okay, he has his penis, it puts in her vagina, and they are having an intercourse. Yes. I did not realize what it is as for the meaning of it, right? Mm-hmm. And people get, adults get pleasure from this. But I was just, like, very excited, something new. And I think, like... Uh, it's interesting how humans they learn about their sexuality early uh, early on in age where they don't, don't understand the concept of what it actually means and what pleasure they get or maybe mm-hmm. for the reproductive purposes but I felt this you know ticklish feeling in me knowing that oh, this is exciting and new mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I can define it as being sexual or it's just like you know that excitement about yes. learning something yes. so that's the difference but yeah I felt something I, yes. that I definitely felt something <laughs> Good. Okay, so that continue because I know where we can then the first topic we kind of can cover and discuss mm-hmm. is this where because I think it's a great start. Mm. Um, next question then, and then we kind of can circle back to like overall uh, discussion of um, how early people mm. start feeling arousal because this is also what interests me a lot. Yeah. Um, do you remember then the? F- age when you first touch started touching yourself or just masturbating maybe because how it happens mostly mostly you don't even realize that you are kind of you know yeah, touching something. yourself but it's like <laughs> sexual do you remember how old were you um i don't think it was very well yeah maybe around eight or nine mm-hmm. but it was just me putting my hand on my post not know that there is a hole inside of me yeah. like an, another penetration point you're yeah. just like like this yes, yes, yes. <laughs> sorry <laughs> mr microphone you don't like loud noses yeah so yes uh yeah it was just like me putting 
just my 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 palm, the whole palm on my fingers or my pussy, yes. and that's it. Again, you feel certain, you know, like certain nerves hitting the point, but you don't really understand what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. I don't. Yeah, so eight and nine, very early on. Uh, and I ask this because um, exactly to bring to the point of let's talk a little bit about sex education in general. Yeah, common question of uh, everybody at this point knows that sex education is incredibly important to have a healthy sex life and awareness in general about not only STI so that you can be pregnant, but in general, pleasure including. Um, But the problem is that many people do not have, let's say, a common understanding or opinion on when the sex education should be started, you know, to be taught or what specifically, which which part or which topic should be uh, somehow communicated to kids of what age. What is your opinion on that? Listen, um, I think that there have been already so many studies made on when the actual first first, first like feeling of sexuality, sexual differences, yeah, and you defining yourself as a sexual being of a different gender, let's say this way for the beginning, um, it becomes very early on, and it's not necessarily very sexual. Mm-hmm. Rather than it's about a feeling of a difference, the same what I feel when I was watching that porn, right? So mm-hmm. I think that the sex education should start very, very early on. It doesn't have to be a hardcore explaining. Oh, this is a boy. A boy has a penis. A girl has a vagina. And when they interact, they feel a certain way or sound like, especially in certain religious, when they're trying to explain it, and it's only in the, for the purpose of the reproduction mm-hmm. in the future. But I think that the specifically the education should first of all come from the parents, because usually, like, not in any country, in every country, like, mm-hmm. they are put to school, whereas this is provided. To be honest, this is not provided at a very good level in any schools right now. The first time I interacted with sexual education when I went um, as a foreign exchange student to Hawaii mm-hmm. for a year, and then it was even pure education, and just part of it was sexual education. So I did not, I was not introduced by that. And plus, my my mother is a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to yes. be honest, I was not having the sex talks and you know the differences between me and my mother because it was taboo in my country, which I think yeah, I mean, maybe you wanna say, tell. The audience where you're from and just so for the background of also you know no, cultural yeah. yeah so well i'm from azerbaijan and i was born in 1994 hello everyone from that year so uh yeah um yeah so in my country sex and Anything related to sexual interaction was a very big taboo for us. We could not do it. We could not even go on dates with boys. It was very embarrassing. Your parents should never know about it. Everything was forbidden, especially for the girls. But boys, okay. They were still were playing around. We don't have it like a, a super conservative Muslim, which is Islam. is the biggest religion that is practiced in my country. Uh, but... Um, Okay, but we were not like super strict, super conservative, super traditional Muslim country. We were kind of sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in any case, we still had this tradition where it was for girls, it's, you should you should never can, like you should never go on dates, you should never meet any boy, and you can only, you know, have any sort of sexual relationship, or even, you know, dating, kissing, hugging with a boy before marriage. So for us, it was a taboo, and 
I was raised in that culture, even though myself, I've always been a white crowd, so I would never fit in. I was always different, and God bless my parents, um, that um, they raised me in a kind of different scenario, being independent, um, being, you know, a discoverer, being able to, like, you know, go and sit around, try to learn the word by myself. So they gave me this freedom to do so. So I was not like any other girl that I was maybe in school with. Mm-hmm. Um, where like I had my best friend in the ninth grade taken away from me because she was a Muslim. She had her head covered. She was practicing Islam on all of every like on the book, everything. Yeah. So and after the ninth grade, they took her away because they got her married to some older guy. So we had this kind of cases. So for us, it was not a lot. So we never talked about sex. And in school, it was not even like a single class. Because for example, just to give no. an example, in Belarus, we had one class. I think it was maybe like 10th or 11th grade. Uh, it was like 45 minutes. They separated boys and girls in different classrooms. And basically showed us some old school film about, uh, yeah, basically like your biology and STIs and that you can get pregnant and, and that's it. But mm-hmm. I remember that at the time, I mean, not, okay, we didn't like, had maybe half of the classmates already not virgins, but but if already like a lot and everybody knew already about sex. So it was so kind of like, come on guys, we, we know all of yeah, this. Yeah, it was so later on. Different. So you didn't have any kind no, of we class, didn't have like, formal at least one lecture or anything like we that. We did not have it. Like, if we're talking about the like, if very first question that you ask is when it should be introduced, I think it should be introduced very early on. It's just mm-hmm. when you go to the kindergarten and you go pretty much if it's a mixed kindergarten, like in a Muslim, super Muslim country, where like daughters go in one place, sons go to another place. Um, we went to the mixed one, right? So obviously we go to the toilet, we see the smaller parts and like, oh, why do you have something different than me? Yeah? And the interest calls it not because I'm sexually attracted to the small pee-pee over there as a kid. It's because like I feel something different and that, like, you know, intrigues me. Um, yeah, and in, in school later on, we, don't ha- we didn't have the sexual education. The only thing that was kind of a sexual education, something that was sponsored by always, hi always, I don't know how you got into Azari school. <laughs> yeah, the pads, like yeah, the pads, the, yeah, the, the yeah. hygiene pads uh, for the girls, and uh, they separated us. So there was some gynecologist coming in and just t- t- teaching us how what, what the period is, and now we're gonna have period. So nothing about sex. So it was pretty much like a bread activation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what boys were doing. Boys were just like, they were not even introduced to condoms. No, they were not. They were just mm-hmm. taking you away from us because they cannot go without to talk about the paths. The little men's which, which actually could not be wrong. Because like... If they would give them, an, like, I don't know, an introduction how, how to use condoms or maybe some, you know, STDs, etc. That you need to be careful. I think it's also actually, now that I think of it, I think it would be also very important for men to learn about menstruation and what are the cycles, you know, because I know some men that they don't know nothing, know, no. know what ovulation is and what is the general cycle, or like menstrual cycle, and who are absolutely not turned off to go and buy tampons or pants <laughs> for their, for their girlfriend. No, but I mean, yeah, but I think this... I said my boy wants to get the pants. It was weird. Wouldn't be bad because like it's all comes also like exactly also the separation is fucking weird because why can't 
I yeah. learned about also, I don't know, puberty in, in boys as yeah. a woman. Well, boys cannot learn about menstrual cycles of women. Yeah, listen, I think just because we're from the different generation right now, right? First of all, different generation and different countries. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know what's going on in this country is like in the States and in Europe, if they have this sort of education. But... Well, from what's happening still with the teenage pregnancies and, you know, the STDs and people being very um, inaccurate in terms of their sexual relationship, right? It's just because they did not start early on, if that's the question. Yeah, obviously we did not have a really good example. Like, I did not have a good example. What a sexual education. I did not have any example, right? Okay, thank you for the past. (laughs) But I did not have an example. The streets. Well, <laughs> the to be honest, I find the friends if, and the porn and and, porn. and internet. That's porn, it. exactly. But, but that's it. That's what we have. It's like, education. It's internet. not an education, but um, yeah. But uh, circling back to the um, corporately, <laughs> um, I just wanted to also bring up interesting statistics, which actually absolutely makes sense and is absolutely aligned with what with what you said. Apparently. Uh, and also coming back to the question when sex sex education should be taught or begin begin to be taught is that on average this exactly this period the onset of kids starting feeling the arousal not yet connecting it to something sexual uh, is in girls is between 7 and 9 years old Mm -hmm. and in boys it's 8 to 10 on average of course it's like mediating but this yeah. is exactly it that it's already and we cannot do anything about it even when you know parents don't want to talk to kids about sex but this is how our bodies yeah. are built and this is how the body starts evolving into sexual beings and i think this is really when it's important to to start yeah that makes sense because obviously like <laughs> it's us right now like trying thinking that we're developing by the age of the 18 but back in the day obviously girls are getting married at the age of 10 11 when then boys are becoming kings at the age of eight nine so it makes sense that where well, this is one actual puberty or like really being starting becoming an adult yes. growing up is actually commencing yes um also yeah. then taking a bit uh, maybe over the older age yeah i remember when i was 13 two of my classmates my friends like girlfriends lost their virginity and now it sounds like oh my god 13 it's like it's like children but yeah. i remember <laughs> myself clearly at the time when my friend wrote me, it was like she typed on my phone on this like cell phone, oh, you know, in the run of a tree when you slap the phone. <laughs> on. I'm so sorry, Mr. Microphone. When, yeah, my friend like typed me and she had a boyfriend, uh, kind of, I mean, like dating some guy. Uh, she said she was a I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, why not? If I had someone, I would also be able to do this. <laughs> so it's also, you know, the, to the questions, to the question that adults are trying to, they think that if they don't talk about, they kind of protect the kids from, you know, all this. But it's, I don't think it's possible. I think it's rather the, the approach should be to actually give as much information as possible and create the 
this kind of culture environment of trust so yeah. that if something goes wrong or something hurts or the kid is in danger, the parent is the first one who keep comes to to say that something is wrong or he, uh, he or she needs protection or I mean not even the comments but but in general that he's being he or she is being mistreated. Yeah. That's why I really care about the fact that it's it really it is somehow done properly and at the age and we can of course filter the information so for example seven eight years old yeah you can already start talking about you know your body is um can you can start feeling your feelings that you haven't experienced before you can give briefly some insights on what they can expect already maybe when they're 12 you can talk about puberty or even for 10 years old but then it shouldn't stop there and what i care also about is mm. that to also when kids are already 14 15 16 17 to start talking also about different sexualities yeah uh, to start talking about pleasure your own pleasure and how to give pleasure to the partners and the most important is communication Listen, what what you're talking about is uh, it's a parenthood, right? I mean, yeah, obviously, why your parents, like our parents, as of now, our parents were born in the sixties, boomers. Uh, they did not do it because they did not have it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I believe this is something like a generational thing. Like something like I've been always telling about my country. My country will only change when generation will change. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but our parents will die and uh, us will take over and then our kids will take over. So that's something happening in countries that are less developed. And what you're talking about is parenthood and that trust that is built and where you need to start this conversation. Right now, I feel like only we can make this change because our parents is already lost case. We did, they did not do it. We have to learn everything about yes. ourselves. So we are becoming parents right now. Our generation is becoming parents right now. And I think we will make a difference. I truly believe that. But... Yeah, well, uh, well, yeah, so we cannot go back. Uh, parents cannot get parents' education in order mm -hmm. for them to give us that education we're talking about. But that would be the ideal scenario. I totally mm -hmm. agree with you. Very early on, you need to tell them that they're different genders or sexes. I don't know. I'm sorry if I will be not polite about the current situation. But, um, yeah, they're like females and males and then explaining and this is the difference. And then do, after that, telling them about, like, okay, this is that what people do they enter in, in like interacting in intercourse uh, like finding couples they're finding partners they're finding you know sexual attractions what it means and then they're explaining what is the sexual pleasure mm -hmm. what is the sexuality sexual preferences um yeah but the, yeah for that you need to build trust but that comes from very 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 early on so it's about per perfect parenthood Yes. And then if you're perfect parent, you will be able to properly, perfectly explain what the sexuality is if you are actually yourself. It's very comfortable talking about it if you know something about it. Yes. Yeah, some parents are just not equipped. Even in our yeah. generation, I don't think they'll be equipped. Yeah, some people yeah. are just like not in line, not probably, you know, tied with their own sexuality or their own psychology of who they are themselves in order to teach the further generation mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. maybe they should not be parents it's different yeah topic. <laughs> okay yeah let's move on to the next topic which yes. is also we briefly touched already mm -hmm. and it would be really interesting to hear your insights mm -hmm. especially okay. 
um, when talking about your culture, which is a little bit different, for example, from mine, and of course our culture is also yeah. much more different from European and, and um, American. American, which I can say, I mean, we grew up here pretty much, right? But in general, our upbringing, childhood, were in a culture um, where sex was perceived a certain way. Mm -hmm. And if you could uh, tell us more about how it was, what you already gave, gave brief example, but also how you see it's changing at the moment oh, in yeah. Azerbaijan. Uh, that, well, I left home very early on. I think I left home at the age of 17. And mm -hmm. since then I've been for Solar States for a brief time, like for a year, and then I came here for the 11 years. So. So I was going home only on a yearly basis at max, like, you know, sometimes once in two years. But when I was bringing up in Azerbaijan, as I told you, it was taboo. No one could have sex. So I could not even thinking that I'm, I'm going to have sex with someone, right? So um, it was not a lot. We were hearing stories here and there that someone there had sex and that girl, not the boy, that girl was super shamed, like, oh, she's a lost case, she would never be able to get married, her parents are cursed, that's it. Oh my god. Yeah, it was so Even bad. Every, everyone everyone was just gossiping, school parents, everyone. Oh yeah, god. so if that story was coming out, that's it. We had this story, like, about a girl, she was a beautiful girl, right? <laughs> someone made up, I think right now it's a made up story, but someone made up a story that she was fucking her brother. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, Seriously? yeah, it was like I I don't know what was mixed Kids up. So it was that sex that it was there. No one know like no one really know what it means, and like everyone perceiving it something that they secretly want, but at the same time they're like shaming this thing very much. Yeah. So that's why it was a whole mess. So I would not allow that. I always knew that I want to do it. I'm a different person myself. I'm not mm. like any other as a girl who just secretly just wants to get married. Um, you person be like with one man to the end till the end of my life yeah so i obviously did not want it but it, i now i wanted to put myself and my parents in a situation where like they had to go through that so i would never allow myself to do that there but then it happened that our one flex which is one of the exchange programs that allowed me to go to the states so that because i obviously started learning english i was different it was a big competition so anyways i went to the states i went to hawaii and I decided that this is my chance. Either I'm gonna, you know, lose my virginity, my V card there, V card, V card <laughs> there, or I'm not gonna be able to do it any, anywhere else. So for me, it was this because you thought you will come back? Yeah, and I was, stay in uh, yeah, I got accepted to school there. So obviously, once I was there, was was while I was in 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 states in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So I obviously realized that <laughs> there's no way I'm going back to Azerbaijan. <laughs> I'm going to be okay, such a misfit. No, yes, yeah. Yes. I already been, been a misfit, but this just kind of, you know, embrace my misfitness. Yeah. <laughs> misfitness. <laughs> misfitness. <laughs> misfitness too. <laughs> but girl. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I found a guy there, uh, which I did not really like much, but, you know, he kind of like liked me. Was classmate No, we were working. <laughs> so, you know, okay. I was having like a part-time job as, you know, a uh, buster girl and, and, and babysitter. So he was working in the same restaurant. So I found him and like, I told him, you know what? I did it already. Let's do that. <laughs> so I lied to him. Just because I didn't want to, you know, him to have all this pressure and responsibility. Wait, Wait. So, so you, so you said that you had sex before, even though you were a virgin. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, for me, it was just like you know, 
I'm here. I need to do as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Enjoy myself as much as possible. Do the things that I would not be able to do in Azerbaijan. And then in case I'll have to be stuck there, uh, I kind of live my life in a very short span. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, well, I, I, I pretty much, you know, all this culture had made me, you know, lose my V-card and something that would have been more of a precious experience to me just because I just wanted to get get it done. Yeah. So, you see, like, I, it kind of, you know, made me lose this beautiful feeling of having sexual intercourse and enjoying the sexual intercourse mm -hmm. with someone um, or, like, giving my you know, virginity to someone special just because, like, it was so not allowed. I used this as an opportunity to just yes. get it done. Okay, and how was that? Sex itself? Well, in general, the first time. Um, it was not good. <laughs> not good? I mean, it was okay. Well, I would say it was, again, that culture that made me being raised on porn, so the only sexual inter like sexual interactions that I had was through porn. Yes. And back in the day, we did not have a proper internet. It was the porn that was, you know, shared through the Bluetooth <laughs> between some old phones. And once uh, I got an iPhone with Britney Spears, apparently there was one. Oh. I don't know if it was fake or not. <laughs> before before the fake was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I was not even AI. There was not an AI to change the face, so probably that was real Britney Spears. Britney Spears was the one who looked, looked like Britney Spears. <laughs> Maybe that was, yeah. I did not think of it. But that, I had like probably three points in my life or four points that I watched. That's mm -hmm. it. There's no internet. Uh, at the time. <laughs> at the time. At the time. First one was Aladdin. It was nice. I, I found this Aladdin movie, remember? I remember. And yeah, I found the Aladdin movie years after. The first year it came here, so I was so So, yeah. So Next time we have to watch it and like discuss, like do the breakdown, you know, the analysis of the yeah of the scenes. But it's classic, you know, it's eighties, nineties, especially oh. German porn. It's different. Back in the time, then when there were such huge budgets for shooting porn, yeah. and they really put an effort into costumes, like script and stuff like this. I love porn with a storyline, honestly. Me too, yeah. but it's a girls' thing. That's why we have different websites specifically for the girls that has a storyline. Yes, we need to know why she's here. Who yes. he is, why they're attracted to each other, what yes. is the topic of attraction. Yes. Yes. I would say we need to do an episode on porn, just purely dedicated to porn and porn Hell habits yeah. and like, yeah, okay. But a little bit for later, for now let's come yeah. back to, to this topic. Okay, so you had sick porn experience, <laughs> it was like, let's say, your decision... Yeah, and it was no hard feelings, let's say, to the yeah. guy. I blew, just once? I blew the guy before we had sex. That's interesting. <laughs> That's super interesting. Because, like, it's so also different, the perception of it. And yeah. I think, uh, I yeah, like, it's also yeah. I think, driven by porn at large. And also in terms of that, in terms of guys' expectations and girls' expectations yeah. of how even the whole sexual intercourse should yeah. start, even. And uh, this is interesting that this was actually... But I, I, for me, it's kind of like about the start, right? Um, it, as you know, there are pleasers and mm -hmm. you know, like givers and receivers. Yes. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely a giver. So yes. I get on by giving the pleasure. So that's why, obviously, like when I was watching porn, that was something that was catching me the most. Like when a girl blows a guy. So like how, you know, how he guy feels about it, you know, the, the expression, the sounds yes. that he makes. So for me, it's like something I get turned on based on so yeah. um and yeah well obviously he didn't know that I'm, I'm his I'm he's my first yes 
And I said, oh, yeah, I'm gonna just do it. I, I watched how they do it and I did it. No, no, I was you, good at it. How did you start? What do you, do you remember? Like, I pulled off his pants. He was in the bed and I stuck his dick. No, and then, then, then you, like, you, like, you sat on top of him or you did mission in a bed? Yes. And me. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the inter, the penetration. I wasn't a bad missionary. Missionary, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and the classic. The, no, but I think it's it's timeless. It's, it's for timeless. a reason. Yes, yeah. it's a great position. Also, actually, for anal sex, for for the first timers especially. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's like the most comfortable. For a tip, how to start? Want to start right. doing anal? Yes. Doing from the basic position. Yes. <laughs> missionary on top. Just lay down. Yes. Enjoy yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's easier to relax. Mm. Okay, so. Do you regret it? How the first time? Happened? I don't regret it. Mm. What? No, that's it. No that's regrets. It. Obviously, don't yeah, regret. Yeah. Um, it was on your own terms, even though it was not like in a relationship, but it was absolutely a great experience. It's for my you. decision, mm-hmm. my experience. <laughs> I was paranoid back then about, you know, getting pregnant, though. I was taking the test every time I was having sex. Oh my God. That's not a topic. My mom is a gynecologist. I also have another story when I, my first. Uh, Interaction oh. with a sexual education was which was not intentional. Oh my god! Yeah, tell this story, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucked up to be honest. Sorry for my language. Uh, yeah. So, well, uh, well, my mom is a gynecologist, yes. as you know. Yeah, so she's really good one. She's yeah. a good one. She has years of experience. She's done doctors without borders, traveled around to places that are those Azerbaijan and South other countries and etc. But back in the nineties, say early two thousands already, when I was about twelve years old or eleven years old, she was having a cabinet in her apartment, in our apartment, right? So sometimes just for the neighbors, they were coming in, just checking, doing the checkup. She had like a chair. She had a chair. Oh, okay, yeah, like in one of the rooms in the, in their bedroom. <laughs> In their bed. <laughs> so there, there was their bed. The bed was oh quite big, and I was just like, Next I'm, sure, time. I'm sure some people have it, but like, who are not yeah, actually getting like, you know, just for random. It's like, it's wow. No, it's in a fucking dedication to your profession that you even like. Yeah, she loves it. She's really good at it. She's great. Wow. Okay. So I'm there. I love my mom. Yes. Cheers to my mom. Follow Gemini. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, and I was just, just inviting sometimes, like, some neighbors, just like some friends, like when they needed like the attention, it was like outside the working hours. And they were coming in and like one time I remember like my mom said, oh girls, there's me and my oldest sister, come near your rooms, like okay, I'm gonna have like my patient coming in. Mm-hmm. And they're coming a woman with a girl. And they're going to their room and they're like just doing this whole, you know, check up and etc. And they're coming out and they started joking to a mom and I hear something and like, Oh, like this is already like sixth or seventh week or blah 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 or like eighth week of something blah blah blah, and you know it's already too late. What do you think? What you're gonna do? We're gonna like in story about you know like she's get got pregnant now. She got pregnant. Mom, her mom, the, the girl's mom is devastated, and the girl is only twelve years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm like just overhearing the story. Like she's like almost my age. She's like, I'm 11, she's 12. Yeah. And you're like, how come she could get pregnant? Well, yeah. I thought that only adults get pregnant. So you see, with me having your mom as a gynecologist, I heard this story of a devastated girl somehow getting pregnant. I did not know the story. What happened to her? Remember what? Do you know what they what happened? Like if they went well, apparently there's some some older guy was involved. No, but I mean, uh, oh my god, oh, fuck. 
horrible. Yeah, well, but I, 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 I overheard this horror, you know, when I yeah. now like this man memory is flashing back, I only feel this, this devastation in her mother yeah, and the horror imagine. and my mom trying to help. And obviously my mom always like when she sent them, you know, out of the house, she's like, looking at us and she's not she's not telling anything so i we just like you know overhearing the stories with my sister so uh, you know even after that she's like okay don't date boys this is the only conversation we have you know <laughs> and what happened that was also out of the question abstinence <laughs> yeah okay but um you know what happened to the girl if like they went for uh, an abortion and they kept... I don't know what happened to the girl what I remember is that I did not know that you can get pregnant at 12 because it's so I still was thinking that you were a child so this is the example of not having, not having a sex education yes, even though you yes. have a parents and all the environment like my environment particularly yeah. in a country which was traditional could have given me that at least an intro of that how girls getting pregnant yes yes but as you say like always it well because it really depends uh, also when as as far as i know you can get pregnant uh when you get your first period right yeah. and your body is ready and some girls get it at 10 i got it nine I, I got it when i was 15 i, I always thought at the time i thought I'm, I'm never gonna have it but like that's a, that is the thing that Really, some girls again, as you said, as early as nine. Yeah. And it means that if someone would take an advantage, then this could happen. And because of the fear, they could not come directly to the parents. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in general. <gasps> Have you heard this story? I think it happened in the States that there was a girl um, who just they came with her mother to the hospital. And she's just said that she has some stomach flu. She's just not feeling bad. She's just feeling bad. Yeah. And she went to the toilet and she gave birth in a toilet cabin. And then she threw out the baby in the trash can. If it wasn't for the cleaning lady, who just, yes. just somehow felt that the trash is too heavy, they would not yes, find it. I heard and it. She I was charged it. for. Yeah, she was like 17. No, but 17 is already the age. Like, you kind no, of should I know, realize I know. that this is not good to throw away a baby. Just give it some thoughts. Some people who need it. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. A very horrible. But I think this is again the lack of sex education. Yeah, but yes, that. But also the whole culture of shaming. Yeah. Or you got pregnant at sixteen. Yeah. Fuck you. You are like uh, you are a whore or you are a slut. Yeah. You should you should do better. But it's without the context, and that's the thing. If people, if young girls would know that uh yes this thing happened yes maybe she's not able to care for the baby or her family would also i mean first of all about the family how like the relationship is yeah. the ch child a teenage teenager is afraid of the parents or what they're gonna say or that they're gonna get mad or i don't know basically tell that you're not my daughter anymore yeah. of course they will find ways how to avoid the situation but also then society as well tells them that oh you're a slut because you you know it's your fault and and there is no you know people don't feel safe people go to maybe for such extreme solution which is fucked up but it's not only their fault but the fault of society even. society and parents and and everyone to create this culture of shame and fear because yeah. if people felt safe and not judged this would not happen even yeah. if her decision was not to keep the baby meaning like to herself but she would not do this because she didn't to avoid the consequences that she feared yeah thank you totally yeah. 
Especially a mother didn't seem so bad, like in this video that I watched, she seemed like quite care, like caring mother, etc. So, I yeah. Am. Well, we don't know what the situation is, and anyways, it was covered up, but I think that if she would know what is the pregnancy is, what is the sexual intercourse, how the babies are made, what, how to talk to her parents about this, like to get the support and necessary. If it's not for the parents, at least from there's a like different, um, like a social in, like institutions that you can exactly. come and exactly. say, okay, so I'm not getting support from my parents. Like, I, I need to do something. So you need to find where to find help. Know how to find help. Yes. Whew. Good. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah, it's getting sweaty from this conversation. Yes, it's important. It's it's important, important conversations yeah. we are having now. Yeah. Okay, but coming back um, to the question, you already described basically how it was kind of growing up in Azerbaijan and what general attitude to even dating people had. Um, how do you find it now? I know you don't go there that often, but when you do go, what how do you oh, think yeah. has changed, for example, how <laughs> it is perceived when, uh, I don't know, a girl is dating a guy already, like not like before marriage, or if it's still kind of people who kind of concerned when they see like a couple holding uh, hands or kissing in public and, and other stuff, of course, that yeah. comes with that. I'll tell you, okay, this is something I skin. So, obviously, I was going home and uh, to Azerbaijan. I have limited friends there in Azerbaijan. But some also, they were generational friends. From my mom's, my grandmother's were friends, my mom's were friends, me, our, us were friends. I was coming back, and they were like kind of normal girls back in the day, all educated, all from, you know, kind of mixed families, mixed with some Slavic bloods and etc. And um, every time I was coming back, I was saying, uh, even like, you know, just walking around Baku, which is the capital of Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. I was saying that the kind of girls starting dressing a little bit more, you know, openly, you know, they're not like scared to wear mini skirts, which was also kind of taboo, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, go, go outside, you know, and hang out at the time, like when it was 10, 11 at the evening, so it was fine. I was saying at some point, like one year after second year of coming, like, 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. um, you know, boys and girls walking together, like couples just walking, holding hands. Mm-hmm. So that was already big for me. But I remember at some point I came home and now it was a massive change that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like a few years ago? No, like uh, longer. It was 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was 15, something like that. So I came yeah. home for summer. For just a couple of weeks, I'm just meeting my girls, and tell me the stories that there's that this. I'm not telling me the story, they're just part of the story of like them being part of a new movement which is called ex- escort. So obviously, uh, in Azerbaijan, uh, all the influence of the culture is coming from countries such as Russia. Or the states, states less missing mm. from Russia from this. You know, when I think 2012 well, it was a boom of Instagram, first year of Instagram. So 2014 was developing in this. You know, all this Insta models starting showing up their beautiful life on Instagram, and this. You know, influencers are coming out. You know, the girls are traveling the world wearing Birkin and wearing Chanel's, wearing mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton's, and etc. And I'm um, starting like catching up their vibe. First, we're getting fake goods of all this brand and fashion to wear pajamas. You know, LV. Yeah. LV. Uh, but I came home and uh, my friends were part of this movement. So the escort. Girl, 
escort. One of the girls was movement. Just, movement is. I call a movement. I don't want to call what is, but I think it was just like yeah. a trend back then, right? Okay. And um, one of the girls is. I'm not gonna call her name, but it. She was always a pretty girl. She's like tiny, petite, pretty. She's beautiful breasts, mm-hmm. everything. She's always a pretty girl, and she was uh, raised in a single pan. Um, like a household mm-hmm. so she only had her mom and her mom also always been an example of a woman who is so promiscuous she's always had attention of men and this men usually like give her everything mm-hmm. like uh provided for her mm-hmm. and obviously when you're raising a girl she's seeing this example she doesn't have the father figure she has this image of a woman and how a woman should get all all the things that she wants to get mm-hmm. and yeah she uh, saw this and then when she turned Certain age, let's say she was like twenty or something. Um, she started like you know, and as Arbiter won this escort, specifically it was escort in the beginning. It was really girls just going on on a date with men, and nothing else was expected. No sex, no oh. sex. just like go enjoy yourself. They're gonna put some money in your bag. Yeah, just you know, go buy yourself what you want. It was mm-hmm. have fun, just a present for you, and etc. It was real escort. And how would the uh, how would they find this man to? would be willing to pay basically for their company. it was friend of a friend kind of situation uh-huh, yeah great. so they was doing that so and then this one was here okay they were like inviting me oh Ida, let's go uh there's some guy that also like you know he's also traveling the world he has yeah. the money let's go for his ass for this party he will definitely like you he's gonna give you pocket money exactly and I like it. Yeah, okay, I'm you already like you know being Europe European as nines you know like this western nines I was very feminist, and I am staying. I'm, I'm, I am a feminist still, but for the current feminism, I'm sorry, it's kind of getting worse and worse. I think we we fucked up at some point, but it's a different conversation yes. for a different podcast. For a different podcast, yes. yeah, yeah. So, and uh, they hired me. I said no, but then next year I came again. And that already changed to not only going out with men just for like a coffee, just not not yeah. sex. I was already having sex, and then next year I'm coming in. It was girls everywhere because we started, we had Azerbaijan has opened um, uh, borders with Arab, um, like Middle East, Arabic countries, and like all the businessmen with their bikes full, fully in black coming in mm-hmm. in the shakes at night. They were like going out on the streets and girls were out on the streets selling themselves. So it became a proper prostitution. <laughs> and I was like, like this. And for me, like a person who left Azerbaijan because this is, was not all allowed, I could not stay there. Maybe the situation was different there. I would probably stay in Azerbaijan. But I left. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and then at some point I come back and this is my friend, apparently what I've heard of her, she's like inviting people coming to her apartment and this mm-hmm. is like proper, I'm sorry to say, but prostitution. Mm-hmm. But again, I was not there. Yeah, maybe I don't want to gossip, so, but this is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think you've been part of it as well. When, uh, if you remember, the, we went with, to Azerbaijan with me and uh, we just like, they invited us to hang out with some karaoke bar and then yes. they teach us to all, go. All of a sudden, there are some like two dudes show, yeah. show up, like older yeah, men, yeah. and like we were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but they here? left us to go to Baku, we were not in the capital, so we, they yeah. left us to go to some club in Baku because there's some. You know, yeah, someone invited them. Yeah, yeah. But and again, just like for uh, you know, overall mm-hmm. highlight, absolutely, um, I'm absolutely pro sex workers and pro pro anything that yeah. people want to do. 
this story was just to, to, and just to show how the one country changed. developed yeah. and changed over such a short period of time, um, which is interesting. But now, I've been there recently, to be honest, super modern. Girls, boys, dating, kissing, it's fine. I mm. knew that it's just going to be, I always said it's going to be about generation. But this was just, as again, now I call the movement because it was happened mm-hmm. as a certain sexual revolution in our country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how it happened. Yeah, so we also had transgender sexual workers mm-hmm. at some point. Like mm-hmm. we had special neighborhoods where you can find them. But again, it was more of a kind of a, a niche of sex work rather than people being expressive and LGBT conversation is absolutely different in Azerbaijan. Maybe we can talk about this in some other net. Yeah, yeah. If you wanna, yeah. So it's up to you because it's a whole conversation. Because I, I've also been meeting most people who are representative of LGBT communities, and I have friends who actually had to leave the country to actually, uh, you know, go through this transition. Yeah. yeah so there was um, one girl. She's just it's one man right now. Man right now, She just was also part of this. Flex community, the exchange program. She yeah. now living, he is now living in the States. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, he's gone through the gender transition mm-hmm. uh, surgery. So and I think he's living right now the best lives. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, from also, even also in, I mean, Belarus, Russia is all fucked. I mean, I, yeah, I, I we're still we're still going through this, so I feel like we're in the beginning of this. I situation. don't know. I feel like also kind of going, it's going backwards, especially in Russia, in Ukraine. I mm. I I always felt that Ukraine was the most progressive yeah. in terms of culture and in terms of attitude to LGBTQ yeah. community. In what is when I actually thought of it quite recently that I I grew up like born and raised in Minsk which is like the capital and I have not met of like openly gay person until I moved here and of course again like I wasn't like shocked to meet them but there was no no one in my surrounding which I don't believe should be you know it's like what are the no, chances it's really, yeah, it's but it's just the point is that yeah like it's not open at all and people's opinions are horrible there's so much homophobia yeah. that um it's it's even impossible to to have conversation with such people and i i really just can't help but feel huge disgust i know this and uh yeah this is definitely i would say you know we had the big problem with our LGBT community because i've heard so many stories of people just you know committing suicide because they couldn't make it Mm-hmm. And some people who had the opportunity and had the money and the brains, they left the country. But some, they just had to live through it. And a lot of kids like that, they still have to live through it right now in Azerbaijan. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's mm. listen to something positive. Positive. Uh, let's talk about um, masturbation. Mm-hmm. I like masturbation. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm finding this masturbation, you see, like, um, something I wanted to quickly cover in your podcast is that, obviously, we have all different sexual drives, we have all different libidos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, and everyone needs sex differently and in different timings and different, you know, not as often as everyone else, so mm-hmm. something that's been peer pressure a little bit, especially now with generation, like, Sex is a must. You have to have sex all the time. Like, if you don't have sex and have a new relationship, then you don't have a proper relationship. 
Mm-hmm. It's not true, to be honest. Everyone is different. Absolutely, everyone yes. is different. Like my perspective is as I am. I used to be a very sexual Christian. I was more sexual before you did, right? I was like, absolutely <laughs> fucking yes. shit out of it. Yes. At some point, I had multiple partners and like you know enjoying myself fully. But I never probably gained a real relationship with sex. Like for me, it was always sex as uh, a tool to achieve certain things. Either mm-hmm. it's it's never been love; it's mostly been power. <laughs> you know, yes. feeling being empowered. You know, feeling one and etc. Mm-hmm. But because of this, but power like in terms of like dominating. I mean, no, it's, it's just, just of like being wanted. Being right. wanted and also dominating in terms of like I have control over your feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always use my yeah. my sex like this. So I never developed proper sex relationship for myself, mm-hmm. which is horrible. It's also probably back coming from the sex education that I never had mm-hmm. and sex uh, accessibility that I never had. Yeah, and then you know dropping into sex absolutely not knowledgeable, mm-hmm. not knowing anything. Um, but I realized recently that I am not that sexual creature. Mm-hmm. I am not. I, I am sexual creature. I love sex. Really love sex. But do I need it as often? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Is it for me that important to have constant climax? No, it does not. Yeah. Though. And it means, uh, um, do you mean it both uh, sex with the partner and also sex with yourself? So masturbation? Um, yes, like of course. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, if you ask me a question about how often do I masturbate and yes. what, what do you think about that, I like masturbation. But, um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you look at the microphone. Hey, after this season is over, the yeah, maybe re- <laughs> send me a copy <laughs> of this <laughs> thing. <laughs> Does it vibrate? <laughs> We can. I'll see what we can do. <laughs> Put them on the hell wall and we'll yes. find out. Okay, so masturbation. That's the question, right? So uh, I do masturbate occasionally, mm-hmm. not that often. And the reason I masturbate not because I'm super horny. It's yes. because I'm super bored. I know. <laughs> when I have a minute. to work. <laughs> yeah, like home office, like lunch break. Do you think I, sometimes I like, oh, I have a collection of dildos. I wonder how they are. <laughs> and I like put on some porn. Sometimes it's repetitive, same porn and I wish. Yes. yes. Uh, and then I just like pick up a dildo and I masturbate. Yes. But for me... It's you like, like a vibrator, or just like the not non-vibrating one, a vibrating one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So the girls that actually Can getting you describe it. Do you have some like? Is it just like you um, say so? Inside, I don't know. Depends. Depends on, on, depends on the level of my partner. So I usually put on my clitor. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. yeah, girls that there are some girls that I are lucky to get like a full-on. Vaginal orgasmus, which I don't get. But that it's often. still clitoral, actually. It is clitoral. I get vaginal orgasms, yeah, yes. but I get it only with a partner. Mm-hmm. With this thing, I'm sorry, I'm too lazy to move it there. So for mm-hmm. me, it is just easier to put in my yes, clitor. Yeah. And within three minutes, 
<laughs> yes. And Works like the clock. <laughs> Works like the clock. I'm telling you. I'm just like putting the, the right moment of the porn. Sometimes I scroll the porn. I watch the porn. I get horny. And then when it's ready and I found the moment that I want to concentrate, I pick up the dildo. <laughs> and I put the porn, that moment, and the dildo. Synchronization. So that's it. Three, three minutes. And for me, to be honest, I don't yes. know how other girls to describe the orgasm. But for me, when it's without the partner... Right, with but the part it's a different different momentum is and yes. women they have different orgasms, right? Different. I, I do not come just out of the dick of the person, oh huge dick, yay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you need some emotional I energy. need the intimacy, I need to feel yeah. wanted and then I need to please a man. I can come sometimes off I'm not sucking a dick and masturbating myself. Oh yeah. Because I'm a giver. I would prefer yes. I need to see a man. That's why most of the point that I watch is about giving to the man. Yes. And yeah, so yeah, I do masturbate. But again, I'm not that sexual creature when I like at 4 p.m. every day, I have my pussy calling on and me saying that, girl, it's time. Either you're getting fucked or you need to get a dildo. Yes, yes. <laughs> or a vibrator. I'm sorry, yes. that's a different. But yeah, I do masturbate. But for me, like when I masturbate, for me, it's like me, you know, uh, sneezing. Yes. <laughs> my orgasm is like... So how often would you say you masturbate? Just like I mean, not as mm. like I'll say an average, just so also, you know. Uh, maybe once in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm yeah. cold, yeah, once in two weeks. Yes. For me, it would be like every day, <laughs> every morning <laughs> and evening. <laughs> pretty much. Well, pretty much. But uh, yeah, because for me, and that's the thing, I I masturbate since I like. Since well, without this, like, with yeah. we porn because overall, also from seven, I remember as touching myself and feeling like, ah, oh, this is nice. And then there's a mom was <laughs> falling asleep every night with my phone, like, yeah, my yeah. And there's no way, and for us, like, we put the cello so in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> what's the actual I never thought, but I know a lot of girls are like grinding, grinding on, on the, the pillows, pillow, on yeah. the couch, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I watch also like. Watching porn, nothing like with the video, but on my phone, you know, on Nokia with cell phone. I still watch porn on my phone. No, of course, but I'm thinking, I was, I'm saying that because of slow internet, and it was not a video, it was like photo sets, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's also, but that's what I was, at some point, I was like, "Mm, yeah, it's such a habit to, that like I do it because I, I kind of feel that. I'm used to do this. That the first thing when I wake up, I masturbate. The first thing I go doing before going to bed, if I'm not with a partner, then I'm masturbating. Um, you see, this is that. It's like for you having a cigarette. Yes, but you know, yeah, or when I'm stressed, or even for the weekend. <laughs> Suddenly, that times, times because I, oh, I'm bored. Five, yeah, I know, I know. Also during COVID, remember, it's like work. This work is how from... I got my porn, my dildo collection. <laughs> work from home. Then. I know. I got all kinds of toys. And this is when we were supposed to open the same Impulsive sex toy shopping. Yes, yes. But actually, I have to share my my awesome point of view. I am so fucking lazy. You because just... the toy no or no no that's not true. <laughs> I'm give it to me. I'm a receiver. No, of course not. But like for the balance. Amen. Just so just... everything is uh normal and nothing is Yay. Sexuality is just what what you feel is okay. Mm. 
I agree. But the thing is, yes, I mean, I have now a lot of sex toys, but the problem is that mm. I am so lazy to like take it out, put a loop on it, do this a couple of times, and then like go clean it, blah, 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 put it back in the in the drawer. So I'm just using my fingers. Mm. But I fucking love when my partner is using the sex toys on me. So it's still amazing things mm-hmm. to have, and I'm really proud of my collection at this point. They are <laughs> so much accepting, accepting me, Naida uh, will be uh, gladly accepting things to test if any any partner, um, commercial partner is interested. <laughs> Send us your toys. Yes, we can we'll give an honest, a sincere experience, experience opinion. Different giver, receiver, see? Yes. You know, you know what Yes. Drop us a message at uh, nympho.life on Instagram or nymphorlifestyle at gmail.com for all the deals. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, bringing this up is just to, again, point out that whatever the habit is, how often, with what, like how you masturbate with a partner, without a partner, with the sex, yeah. with the toys, without the toys, it's absolutely okay. And that's why also... I would love to hear the opinion of my audience also on your masturbation habits and how you like to do this, how often you What do is your favorite porn? Also, we'll have this also. We can do the, I want to do the poll and then we can also discuss our preferences and the preferences of the of our community. Okay, so I think we can uh, move to the last part mm. of our today's episode. Which would be, um, for now, we will test this format, but I would like to ask you one question for now. Go ahead. Uh, from our most favorite game, <laughs> we have this drinking game that we've been, uh, we kind of invented, sort of, and then modified. It's not, it's not in all, it's if it's like basically a combination of different games. It's kind of Ring of Fire, but it's our variation, so I hate when people call it the Ring of Fire. It's not, it's our variation. Yes, <laughs> also always sexual. <laughs> But it's like a tricky game. But um, okay, my question for you today would be: Aida, mm. would you rather watch someone having sex, like live, mm. or being watched, be watched having sex? Um, I think watch someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I would rather go watch someone, but at some point I just can't imagine me being watched. And it was kind of, kind of horny. You got me going from that point, yeah. But yeah, um, I would say I would watch someone just to see if they get invited. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Have you ever watched someone having sex? Like I heard someone having sex. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. I wonder who was that. Yeah, I wonder who was that. <laughs> Do I know her? I don't know her. Yeah, I don't think you know her. <laughs> Do you really know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. So yeah, but I think you told me like when you went in th- to Thailand, you saw this like. Live. Oh yeah, that. Oh, that was good too. Yes, that was really so pretty. Good. You've done it. Oh uh, yeah, it was. Very, uh, uh, they have like a special sexual ping pong show, and part of it was, uh, uh, um, there was a couple. They were having sex, and and the song was the zombies. Some is the cameras. Okay, that was wow. brutal. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was so good. I Honestly, I liked it so much. It. Yeah, it just had sex. Okay, so I stayed the second round. So I started watching the beginning. <laughs> nice, <laughs> really good. Blessed. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, Polly, question for you. 
Are you gonna have me again on your podcast? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For this first episode. I'm definitely gonna I mean, second it. episode after the pilot, but this was... Let's wrap this up. Uh, this was Aida. Hi. Aida, one Hi. of my oldest and greatest <laughs> friends in Prague. Thank you very much, Aida, for being my first guest. Very special guest. Thank you, too. Um, please stay tuned for new episodes and follow follow us at, at nympho.life on Instagram. Uh-huh.